Good morning, church family and ministry friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I want you to grab your Bibles. Meet me today on this Morning Glory program in Acts chapter 1. We'll begin today in verse 7. Let's talk about the power anointing. Praise God. Heavenly Father, let the anointing of your Spirit flow. Let the Word come alive to our understanding. We give you praise, and we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And around the world, early this morning at 6 o'clock, let us all say, Amen. Now, verse 7. And he said to them, this, of course, would be Jesus speaking to the apostles before his final glorious ascension into heaven. He said, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, it's very, very important to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of Jesus, which is produced by the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus never did one miracle until he was anointed. And you'll see in the life and ministry of Jesus that when he was baptized in the Jordan River, came up out of the Jordan River, and the Spirit of God came down upon him. And it looked somewhat like the appearance of a dove. He's, he's not a dove. He's not a bird. But that fluttering down looked a little bit like a dove. And my friends, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And immediately after that, the Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness, out into a deserted area to face the devil. And when he came out of that experience, after 40 days of fasting and prayer, it says that he returned in the power of the Spirit. You need to know that the anointing can be increased through proper action, through uh, spiritual methods of devotion. You can pump up that anointing. You can get it very strong. The anointing of Jesus, the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life, can also be diminished through improper behavior, through not understanding how to flow with the Spirit, and through wrong choices and actions. You can actually diminish the anointing. But I'm talking to those today that want to increase in the anointing and walk even in a power anointing. Glory to God. You have to understand that when Saul was anointed king of Israel, that the prophet of God poured the flask of oil upon Saul's head to commission him into the kingship over the nation of Israel. But when God used the prophet Samuel to anoint David years later to be the next king of Israel, David was anointed differently. He was anointed with the horn of oil, the horn of an animal. The horn of a ram always has been used as a symbol of power, and the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So David received a different anointing than what Saul did. And David went on to do tremendous, miraculous exploits and exports as well, hallelujah, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's very important that you receive this power. I believe in the old-fashioned statement that the evangelist Billy Graham said many years back. He said, God wants to win all of you 
before you win all of the world. There are a lot of people that want to rush out and do good things in the name of Jesus, but they go without the commissioning, they go without the power, they go without the anointing, and the results speak for themselves. My friends, the Lord Jesus told the apostles, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the power from on high. That followed uh, 50 days later. There on the day of Pentecost in the upper room in Jerusalem, the Spirit of God came upon them. But if we are going to be sent, if we are going to do what God has called us to do, we must have the anointing. We must receive the power. The dunamis, as it says in the Greek, the dynamite, the same word we get the English word dynamite from. You must have the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, even if you're called in life to bake cakes, to bake pies, to preach the gospel, to work for NASA, to be an engineer, to be a scientist, to be a teacher. It's the same Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to be the person that God wants you to be in your respected career field. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. So you can be a witness right where you're at. But to be an effective witness, you must have the power of the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people that have good intentions. It's a little bit like Peter telling the Lord, Lord, I'll never deny you. I, uh, others might do it, but me, no, I'll absolutely never deny you. And the Lord's like, well, you're going to deny me three times this night. My friends, you have to understand, without that power anointing, words come out of our mouth that we never meant to say. Actions spring forth from us that we never intended uh, to have those types of reactions. But when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to be the witness that God wants you to be. You have courage, you have faith, you have strength, you have integrity, and your yes means yes, your no means no, and you are a consistent witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you what, it takes power. There are things in this world that would try to back you down and not be the Christian witness that God would have you be. So it really does take power to stand in the face of adversity, to face peer pressure, uh, peer pressure uh, to face uh, a spirit of fear, to face intimidation. You must have the power of the Holy Spirit so that you do not back off of your stand for the Lord, so that you do not renounce your stance for Christ. That's why in the book of Hebrews, written later in the New Testament, you see the Apostle Paul really admonishing the Hebrew Christians, do not back off of your Christian faith. Why was he being so adamant? The persecution was severe, and they were under such persecution that many of them even thought, let's just go back to Judaism, let's uh, uh, appease the, uh, you know, uh, the Judaic religious zealots that are persecuting us, that are killing us. Let's just go back into this so that we can have some calm and peace. And Paul said, do not do that. You must have the power of the Holy Spirit to stand in all circumstances to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The word witnesses there in the Greek is actually the word martyr. So to be a martyr, stop and think about it for a moment. If somebody were to say, renounce your faith in Christ, 
or today we will burn you at the stake. Renounce your faith in Christ, or right now we're taking you to the guillotine. Just make your allegiance to this God that we serve, a different God than the one uh, uh, known as Jesus Christ, Jehovah God. Just renounce him, and we'll let you off from having your head uh, cut off from your body today. Well, see, you need power to say, well, I'm not going to renounce. Let's just go ahead and walk over there now because I'm not changing. See, you must have the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't, you may have good intentions, but when the heat and the persecution, the pressure actually comes. It's amazing how fast good intentions can wilt away. Praise the Lord. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come up on you. Praise the Lord. And you shall be witnesses, martyrs. You shall be martyrs to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, there are some that literally laid their lives down as martyrs for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have many brothers and sisters in the Lord uh, who have given their hearts to Christ in certain Middle Eastern nations that are being severely persecuted because of their faith in Christ, even to the point of death, to the point of martyrdom. The thing is, if you're in that place, hold to your confession in Christ. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to the Lord. And under pressure or duress, do not renounce Him. Stick with Him all the way and cross through to the other side and receive the martyr's crown. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But for many others... We are called to be living martyrs where every day you lay your life down. You lay your life down. And you have that power as a witness, hallelujah, through an ongoing sacrificial life. Praise God. Hebrews, excuse me, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 talk about let your life be a living sacrifice. The challenge for a living sacrifice is that when you're alive, it's not too easy to get on that altar of fire. You're like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's your fleshly nature going up in smoke. And there's a lot of squirming. There's a lot of, whoo, this is uncomfortable. But the fleshly Adamic nature must be crucified, not on a monthly basis, but on a week, not, not on a weekly basis, but on a daily basis according to the teachings of the Word of God. So, my friends, you really do need that power. The power is originating from the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. One God, but three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Spirit. You need the power anointing. Hallelujah. I believe that the gospel is a gospel that is verified, hear me this day, it's verified by signs, wonders, and miracles. If you reduce this message to a cerebral message, to just an intellectual discourse, you will cause the gospel to lose its power. So my friends, to be the man, to be the woman, to be the person that God has called you to be, you must have the Holy Spirit's anointing, you must have that power. You know, there are some ministers where they can kind of skate along, perhaps in their certain environment, because they don't really pray. They don't even really study their Bibles that much. 
they just kind of learned a few things in seminary, and they just kind of wing it, and they put out, you know, dry can sermons. And they think because that's, that's the arena that they exist in, they think that that can just kind of like cut the mustard anywhere they go. But there are some nations that you go to. There are some places, even in America, where you minister at, if you do not minister with a breakthrough power anointing, the results will be so disappointing that everybody will know. And so there are some meetings, there are some groups that are so hungry that if you just went in there with an intellectual message, they instantly know you have no anointing. You've got a nice little sermonette. That's good. But there are people that need the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested. There are sick people that need to be healed. There are desperate people that need a breakthrough. There are those that need a miracle, and they are coming to contact the Jesus of the power gospel, and you just can't float in the meetings like that with no prayer time, no preparation, no time in the Word, no time set aside to hear the voice of God and to get the message for that group or for that meeting. And so, my friends, if you want to be effective, you must have the power anointing. And if you're going to walk into a business meeting, if you're a businessman or businesswoman, you need to have spent time with God. You need to go in there with the wisdom of God. You need to go in there with the anointing of God's Spirit. It's the anointing that will make everything smooth in your life. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you go in there with no anointing, no power of the Holy Spirit on you, all you have is your own natural gifting. But that might not be enough to convince somebody to make the buy or to, uh, you know, move forward with whatever it is that you're presenting. Praise the Lord. You must have the anointing. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that causes you to say the right thing at the right time. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that causes you to do sometimes what I would call spontaneous gestures, movements, statements. Uh, it, and it comes by the Holy Spirit. It comes by the anointing. And you have to have that. So you can stir up the anointing. Glory to God. The anointing in your life right now should be stronger than it ever has before. If you look back and say, well, it was stronger 10 years ago. No, you shouldn't go backwards. You should go forward. The anointing can be increased. The anointing can be increased. Hallelujah. You'll see in the Bible that David was anointed with a horn of oil. When he was anointed king by Samuel the prophet, the prophet poured the horn of oil. The horn, the ram's horn, always has been a symbol in the Bible of power. The oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. David was anointed with a different anointing than what Saul, the first king of Israel, was anointed with. He was anointed with the flask of oil. So David received not only an administrative anointing, but also a power anointing. You need to know the power of the Holy Spirit in your life it will make everything easier and smoother. I want to talk in just a moment about how to walk in this anointing, how to move into a power anointing, and so that everything in your life goes through easier. You break through. You break through. Praise God. Hallelujah. Very quickly, let's go to Isaiah chapter 10. Praise the Lord. It was essential that the early apostles walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. Even in ministry, it's not just for apostles and prophets or evangelists. 
Praise the Lord. All five ministry offices should be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring verification of the gospel message. Jesus also said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Signs following is not only for ministers, but it's for anybody who is a believer. So for all of my friends that might not be charismatic or Pentecostal, but all of my friends that maybe you're Baptist, maybe you're Methodist, the Bible says, These signs shall follow them that believe. So whatever stream of Christianity you might be in, Lutheran, Episcopalian, Catholic, um, uh, Eastern Orthodox, whatever it might be, signs and wonders are supposed to be following you because you can go places where I can't go. You can go into your career field and you can have those opportunities where God gives you those special moments where you can slip that prayer in and watch the power of God come as you pray in faith and as you also operate in wisdom so that you, you are very smooth in what you do. And that's also why you need that anointing to know when to pray and when not to. To know when to say something, when not to. To know when the atmosphere is right and when now is not a good time. It is the Holy Spirit that helps you to navigate through these different obstacles of life and have good success in all that you're doing. We are now in the book of Isaiah chapter 10. Let's come down to verse 27. Praise the Lord. I speak over your life that you're coming into a power anointing. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise for the anointing of your spirit. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Praise the Lord. The anointing oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do when that anointing is flowing. Two things. He removes burdens. He destroys yokes. You have to get the burden off the person. The burden will push the person down. The burden will put the weight and the care and the trouble and the impediment and the hindrance upon the person. So the first thing the Holy Spirit will do, he will remove the burden. Then he must take the yoke off because if we don't get rid of the yoke, you'll still never be free. So he will remove the burden. You start to experience relief. He's not done yet. But then he will absolutely crush the yoke. When it says that he, when it says right here that the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil, when it says the yoke will be destroyed in the Hebrew, that literally means to destroy, to grind into fine powder and blow away with the wind. So when the Lord destroys the yoke, it's gone. You don't have to wake up the next morning and be looking for it. It's absolutely gone. When the cancer is destroyed, it is absolutely completely gone. It's obliterated out of your body. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit to remove a burden, to destroy a yoke. And so many of even God's precious people find themselves in places where burdens have come upon them, where yokes have somehow been shackled upon their lives, and they're like, Lord, how do I get out of this? I had no intention of getting into this. In some ways, I don't even know how it came on me. But nevertheless, here it is. Oh, God, what can you do? Well, what the Lord can do is by the power of the Holy Spirit is completely remove the burden 
and completely destroy the yoke. How does it happen? By the anointing oil. Oil makes everything slippery. God will just slip that yoke right off of you, and you go free from that sickness. Look, look God is so smooth. Sometimes when he does it, you don't even know it happened. You don't even know it happened, and you're going throughout your activities or your motions of the day, and you realize, wait a minute, I'm not hurting anymore. What happened to all my pain? It's gone. Wow, hey, I can move that. I couldn't even move that before. You know, my shoulder, it was frozen. Well, wow. I, I, as you start lifting your arms above your head, and you don't even realize you're doing it, and then suddenly it dawns on you, wait a minute, I have been healed. See, that's slippery. That's the anointing of God coming into your life. Oh, praise you, Lord Jesus. Now, my friends, to increase the anointing, because the anointing can be increased. To increase the anointing, number one, spend time in prayer. Go through the squirming. Go through the crucifixion of the Adamic nature. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Woo! That, uh, that means you're dying to that old Adamic nature that does not want to pray. And sometimes when you kneel down to pray or you sit down to pray or whatever uh, form of posture that you use in prayer, your flesh is like, oh, it's such a beautiful day outside. Let's just go outside. We'll pray later. No, stay there and pray and die to that. That's how the anointing comes. You must stay there. You must stay there so that God can anoint you. Praise the Lord. If you get up, if you pull out prematurely, he cannot complete the anointing process. Number two, you need to spend time in the Word of God because every Word of God, not just every sentence. I'm talking every word. Every word of God is pure, and every word of God is anointed. It's loaded with power. And it is the Holy Spirit that can quicken that word to you, making it not just what is known as a Logos word, a, general, uh, a generalized word, but making it a rhema word, which in the, in the Bible refers to a word that is living active and sharper than two than any two-edged sword that word will come right into you and you're like wow that was like that was alive it, it was it was literally alive jesus said the words that i speak to you they are life they are spirit they are alive Woo! the word of god comes alive by the holy spirit you must spend time in the word because the word is anointed and as you spend time in prayer, you sense that anointing. And don't, don't leave your prayer time until you are filled up. David said in Psalm 92, I have been anointed with fresh oil. Praise the Lord. So it is vital that believers walk in a fresh, powerful anointing. It is absolutely vital. You must have the power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You never know. You never know what you're going to run into during a normal day where suddenly it goes from normal to something unfolding right before you where you need to respond as a living witness with power. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We are told in the Word of God to always have a good response to those who would ask us about our faith. Praise the Lord. 
In order to do that, you must have the power of the Holy Spirit, where your witness is full of faith. Your witness is not apologetic. Your witness is not tainted with embarrassment. But your witness is one of faith. Your witness represents Christ. It's like Christ is speaking through you. Woo! Glory to God. You just do that, and the Lord will do His part. He'll do the rest. Praise God. My friends, you need this power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. I sense as I'm talking that there are some that you waver, you wilt around certain people or certain circumstances. You get into them, and for the most part, people wouldn't have the slightest clue in the world that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You laugh at the wrong jokes. You give in to things that everybody else is going along with, and you wish you could stand, but you are afraid to do that. My friends, you must have the Holy Spirit power. It's so important. Jesus said, do not go out until you get this power. Don't go out. Try to start preaching here and preaching there. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Stay here. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And it happened on the day of Pentecost, and they were filled with the Spirit. And that was an initial infilling. You see a few chapters later, they were filled again. So the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing experience so that we don't get dry, but that we stay fresh, anointed, lubricated, and smooth with the oil of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I want you to lift your hands right now. I want to pray that God place a power anointing upon you. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that as they are lifting their hands, I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch them with fresh power and even carry them into a realm with you they've never experienced before where your power surges through them. Now, Father, we thank you for this. We thank you that it is vital for all believers to walk in the anointing of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, so that we might be witnesses for you. I pray, Father God, that the power of your Spirit touch them now in the name of Jesus, and that the horn of oil be poured upon their heads today. Now, Father, let it just be drip, drip, and let it just begin to pour, pour steadily upon them now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this, Father, and may they always stay fresh with fresh oil. We give you praise. We thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, and we thank you for the power anointing that Jesus walked in that we can walk in as well. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. We all say amen. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.